Hello, my friend, jumping into your feed again this week with a bonus audio only episode. I was pulled in to be a guest coach on a new show called the 10K Creator. It's a collaboration between Joe Polizzi at The Tilt and Darren Smith of Craftsman Creative. Now, the goal of this show is to help Darren become a 10K creator himself. 10K is a milestone he sets to say, I wanna have 10,000 email subscribers and $10,000 of income coming in every single month. And I'm the first coach on this show to come in and help Darren think through how to do that. So if you've ever wondered what it would be like to work with me or how I might uh, investigate your business and find a a path forward for you to hit 10,000 subscribers or $10,000 in revenue, this is a really good listen, really insightful. Uh, We basically follow a framework that I would go down to ask you the same questions. And by the way, this is very similar to a lot of the conversations we have inside the lab, my membership community. So if you hear this and you think, I want to talk to Jay about my business in the same way, consider joining the lab, which you can do at creatorscience.com slash lab. A link to that is in the show notes. And if you do enjoy the 10K Creator, you can go back and listen to the first five episodes that give a little bit more context of Darren's business. But we do start this episode with kind of a current state breaking down where he is so I can help him get to that milestone. I think you'll like it. Listen to all the episodes if you would like. There's a link in the show notes. Thanks to Darren and Joe for having me on the show. We'll get started right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to The 10K Creator, a podcast with me, Darren Smith from Craftsman Creative, and your own Joe Polizzi, where we document and break down how I and other content entrepreneurs can get to 10,000 email subscribers and $10,000 per month in revenue. All right, welcome everybody. This is Darren with the 10K Creator Podcast. And today we have a special guest. My friend Jay Klaus is here and I'm so very excited. You may have heard on the last episode, Joe's kind of gonna go and work for a couple of episodes. And uh, (laughs) so he's invited these incredible guests on, these we're calling them guest experts, to come and like take his place and give me coaching and give me other, points of view and other ways to look at my business. And I'm really, really excited. So let me do a quick intro for those of you who don't know Jay. So 
This guest is special to me because for anyone that knows my origin story, I started by writing a book last year. And it was right at the same time that uh, this Tweet100 hashtag was going around the creator economy circles on Twitter. And guess who created the Tweet100 hashtag? That was Jay Klaus. He's also the founder of Creator Science, his own creative enterprise that, make sure I get this right, Jay, encompasses a podcast, a newsletter, an incredible community, and courses. What? Anything I'm missing there? I think that covers it. The podcast is video, too. So Podcast is video, too. Yeah, you're very video forward. And what do you call it? What do you call a video podcast these days? Is it just, is it still just a podcast? Dude, we went back and forth on this because do we call it the 10K creator show, the 10K creator podcast, the like, so I just keep using the 10K creator and then that way people can fill in the blank on their own. Um, But man, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's apparent why you're the perfect first guest expert to come on because for those who have listened to the podcast so far, like I have a lot of the same things and I feel like I'm two or three years behind you as far as how long I've been doing it, how many subscribers I have, how much revenue I'm bringing in, all that kind of stuff. And so I love uh, Derek Sivers's quote or, or his principle in his book, um, Your Music and People. He says, call the destination and ask for directions. So that's Ooh. what this is. I'm calling oh. the destination. No pressure. <laughs> That is so good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I love his books. And you just had him on your podcast. So this is perfect timing to bring up Derek. Okay. So here's what we're going to do for this episode. Um, first, we're going to thank our incredible sponsors. We have Lulu, we have ConvertKit, and we have StreamYard. We're recording and filming this on StreamYard. Both of us, I think, use ConvertKit. I use Lulu for my book printing. Like These sponsors are near and dear to my heart. So thank you for them. Thank you to them for sponsoring the show. Now, here's we're going to dive right in because I just want to get to the good stuff. Hey there, we will get right back to the show after a few quick words about our incredible sponsors. Watch your first YouTube video. Read your first blog post. Find your first newsletter. Listen to your first podcast episode. Now, compare it to your most recent piece of content. It's night and day, isn't it? That's how much your content has grown, how much you've grown. If you're like most creators, your email marketing platform reminds you of that first creative effort. It has not kept up. You need a fresh start. Get that fresh start with ConvertKit. StreamYard is the easiest way to create content right in your browser. You can multi-stream to your social media platforms, host a weekly show with special guests, create webinars, record podcasts, create videos, and more. And they make it easy to brand and customize your videos inside the studio before you even go live. StreamYard's a popular tool amongst live streamers, video creators, YouTubers, and podcasters. StreamYard makes it simple to get professional and polished content every time. Get started now for free at StreamYard.com. Whether you have an established following or you're just starting out, books are an easy way to build credibility, diversify your revenue streams, and connect with your community. And just like Darren, you can use Lulu's free platform to turn your best performing content into a beautiful book to benefit your creative endeavors. With their e-commerce plugins, growing your audience and selling your work directly has never been easier. Create an account today to publish, print, and prosper at lulu.com. 
lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com. Jay, I want you to understand where my business is at, my creative enterprise. And then I want you to help me and the listeners who are also in a similar stage of their business figure out how to get to the next step. Does that sound all right? Sounds great. Okay. Why don't I start kind of just filling people in, giving them some context. So currently, because we've just caught up in this podcast to where my business is. Currently bringing in anywhere between $500 and $1,500 a month, depending on if I do coaching or consulting that month. Um, otherwise, it's kind of in that three-figure range. Call it five to 700 a month from all the other things that I do. And I'm just crossing like 2,400 Twitter followers and email subscribers. They're both right at the same stage. So what advice do you have for people in position like I'm in? <laughs> uh, that's great context. That's that's usually where I start. It was like, okay, so tell me current state and tell me goals. And the goals I think are pretty clear because of the awesome name of the show, the 10K Creator. You want 10,000 email subscribers. You want $10,000 per month in uh, pretty reliable income. So I, I hear where you're at currently in terms of monthly revenue. Um, my first question is, what are you selling to get that monthly revenue? What are the products that you're offering? And what is the rough breakdown of uh, how those are performing relative to each other? Awesome. Yes. So probably too many products. <laughs> That's a question that maybe I have for you is like, how do you think about that? Is Should creators start with one when they start out or... Is it okay to have multiple? So here we go. Let me give you all the revenue streams. I have a book that sells for $20. I have courses that sell for $150. I have a community and the annual membership fee for that is $199 right now. That goes up every 100 community members. Um, I do coaching and that's $1,000 a month for a four, like four sessions, four hours a month, four different calls a month. Um, and then I do consulting, which is a thousand dollars a week. So basically one call or I'll come into your business for up to five hours a week and help change things, help direct things, help strategize, come up with new things, all that. And since, uh, doing this podcast with Joe and I'm excited to kind of give him updates in a month from now when he comes back for episode 10, but I've added sponsorships. That's a big thing that he pushes and I'm committing to do that. I don't currently have sponsorship revenue besides this podcast, but got a project in the works and I'm hoping to bring some sponsors into that. So that's kind of the full package of Craftsman Creative right now. Okay. Well, before we talk about um, kind of your product basket, um, let me let me talk some more about design constraints because if your if your goal is ten thousand dollars a month, very simple solution is let's get ten coaching clients or let's get 10 consulting gigs. Is that something that you would be willing to take as the solution to this problem? Or do you want the solution to the 10K per month problem to look different? Uh, Long-term, I very much want the, the makeup of that revenue to be not dependent on my time. So the coaching, I limit myself to one client at a time mainly because of all the other work that I do. So I'm a film producer. That's like my main income. And this year I've done six months of film producing. So those six months, I'm not taking coaching calls. I'm not doing consulting work. 
and I'm barely <laughs> alive online <laughs> during those months. So a lot of that kind of like time for dollar work goes away because I'm doing other time for dollar work. Yeah. So, and the, and the reason that that would have been a compelling solution is just because it doesn't require scale, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's always going to be easier in the early stages to sell fewer things for a higher value than try to win on volume. Because not only do you have to win on volume this month, you have to repeat that volume next month. And so you have a great asset of 2,500 email subscribers. But if, if your solution to getting to $10,000 in revenue per month quickly is selling some of your more leveraged offerings of your book, your courses, your community, even at the top end of that, the community right now at $200 per year, that's 50 members per month you would have to get in the door every month. And while you may have that, this month, because you have an engaged email list who knows you, likes you, trusts you, you then need to be growing that audience at a faster pace than you are basically uh, capturing the value of the people within that audience who do trust you. And it may take several months for someone to be in your ecosystem to trust you enough to buy that, that community offering. So to get to that $10,000 per month right now, you either need to introduce a higher priced product that uh, will help you get there or be willing to play the services game while you build your audience so that it's easier to play a volume game. How does that land with you? I, I think you're spot on. And so I have this weird, this adds to the context, right? So like I bring in five figures a month from film producing. I bring in four figures a month from another business called uh, Lightbulb Courses. And so those are like online courses I've produced. And so this is less about, I need $10,000 a month to live my life. This is how do I get the, the email list, the audience and all of these kind of, they sell on their own products to that level, to where it's generating 10 grand a month. So the reason for that, which I think is important is that not everybody listening to this has a business or a freelance type um, skill set that they can go and make a sure. month. But a lot of people listening to this are working full time. They're maybe bringing in six, eight, ten a month from their full time gig, but they would like to replace that with courses or a book or community or whatever it might be in the creator economy space. So that's what we're trying to kind of replicate here. So it's really focused on those kind of products that can auto renew every year, the ones that, um, you know, sponsorship revenue, that sounds interesting to me. I know you do a lot of that. And so it's really on those products, less about services, more about products. I'll simplify it that way. And honestly, what I've realized this year is that there is such a higher ceiling to ad revenue than I realized, um, on a podcast, on a newsletter, but again, those, those are volume games. So, mm -hmm you know, it's, it's a rich get richer world. And that's true for creators as well. Like the, the more success you have, the more success you have. So the more success you have, you know, <laughs> like it's, 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 um, uh, exponential in that way, but this is a good design constraint in your situation. Specifically, you don't have a, um, financial pressure on this thing in the immediate term. And I think that's great. And I recommend to creators, literally every day when they bring questions like this to me, it's like, hold on to whatever 
your revenue generating activity is for as long as you can, because if you can remove financial pressure from your creator business, you're going to make decisions that are healthier for that business and counterintuitively actually probably grow faster and get to a point that you want faster because you're, you're operating from a place of abundance and you, you aren't putting these pressures on, on the business. Um, so let's talk about how we get, uh, probably core sales and community sales up is what seems like the solution. If you're, if you're not looking to implement another, um, course, that's a higher price. And of course, there's also the, the, the path where you raise the prices on one of these, on one of these products, you know, um, people think, people think that pricing is this like scientific right or wrong. Did I price this correctly type of thing? Price is such a story. Seth Godin calls it a story. Price is a marketing lever. It's a filter and it's secondary. If you have created a thing that people really want, um, Usually when people feel like they price something too high, it's because people didn't buy it, but they might not have bought it because they didn't want it. (laughs) You know, it might not be about the price. It's how you have contextualized the value of what you're offering relative to the price in the person's mind who is reading this page. So if you want to just double your revenue overnight, you could double the prices on these products. And as long as you double the perceived value in people's minds and the way that you talk about these products, it all works out. Um, from where we're at right now, if we aren't going to add another product or change prices, then we need to talk about audience growth, right? Um, and actually real quick, before I go down the path of audience growth, here's a question I've been thinking about a lot over the last couple of weeks since I heard it. How do customers happen in your business? That's a great question. Um, thankfully I've thought of it. (laughs) I've thought about that previous to today. So the way that it generally happens is they discover me somehow. So it's podcasts. I've been doing a lot of podcasts this year. I've been doing guest posts on newsletters and other blogs, and I've been very active on Twitter. That's the one platform that I've chosen to grow on to try and generate awareness and um, engagement and traffic to my website from social media. So people come from any of those places to craftsmancreative.co. That's the landing page that has everything that I do and sell. And it's very much about get on the email list. So I have a five-day email series that's kind of the lead magnet for people that come and join. The conversion rate on that homepage is about 32% right now, which is to me feels big. Um, And so that's working really well. And then from there, they get the welcome sequence and then they get other sequences that I've built based on how they quote unquote raise their hand. So if they say they're interested in a certain topic or a certain product, then I'll send them other sequences that are pre-built. And that's how I'm selling one book every couple of days, two or three courses a month. That's about where the business is at Um, and it's all that's all pre-built autopilot. I don't have to do anything to once they're on my website and on my email list, the rest takes care of itself. Nice. Um, and is that the same way that community, uh, enrollments happen? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I've stolen, I'm sure you've seen, uh, Justin Welsh's the Saturday solopreneur 
email that goes out, um, his newsletter, but I've stolen kind of his idea at the bottom where it's like, hey, here are ways that you can mm. go beyond this newsletter. If you want to interact with me, if you want my time, if you want to learn from me, here are three ways to do it. Grab my book, you know, check out my course and check out the community. Those are kind of the ways that people do it. Smart. Uh, 32% conversion is really good. And yeah. I would be interested. I'm looking at your homepage now. Uh, wonderfully simplistic. I think you could even make it more simple by just getting rid of the through content and courses. The headline says we help five figure creators build six figure businesses through content and courses. I don't even think you need the through content and courses. I think that's kind of implicit through the upper navigation. Um, I think this positioning that you've landed on your tilt that you talked to Joe about, about helping five figure creators build six figure businesses is really tight and really good. I would just lean on that. Um, and maybe play with, uh, like a sub text below that to say, well, why am I subscribing? What am I subscribing to? You know, like, what do I get when I subscribe? Because right now I understand your promise in general, but when I enter my email here, what's the next thing is going to happen? Yeah. Um, Cause that is a transaction, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is a transaction. And I assume it goes into the five day course. Is that accurate? Yeah. They in instantly get the five day email series. I would, I mean, test this. And the way to test this is basically duplicate your your form if you can if this is a convert kit form duplicate it um test the new messaging embed the new form give that like a month and see if that performs higher nice uh and it i think it probably will because it's even more clear what that transaction is i've seen on simple newsletter home pages like this i talked to drew riley on my podcast mm -hmm. he tested a similar thing he gets about 60 percent conversion um 30% is really high. 60% is like insane to me, That's but he, he also has like no other actions you could take on that homepage, which is an approach you could take, but yep. like literally there's no other action you could take on that page. There's no navigation. You can't go anywhere. It's either you're going to subscribe or you're going to leave. Um, so just wanted to call out that's, that's really good where you're at. So let's talk about how we get more email subscribers then, because that is probably the biggest lever that you can push, uh, you know, absent of what we already talked about of like increasing prices or, um, making a new product that's higher priced. You said that Twitter right now is your biggest discovery platform, mm -hmm. um, which I think is smart. You know, you said guesting on podcasts, newsletters, that's really smart because you are leveraging other people's existing audiences that are aligned with you. I would say that's, that's really good. How good would you say in those circumstances you are at making an explicit call to action that drives people from that podcast or from that newsletter to take an action? I think it depends. I think it varies, at least in my experience. So I've done maybe half a dozen podcasts in the last few months and two or three guest posts in the last two months uh, gearing up for this. So it really depends on like how and where they place your bio and your call to action. If it's at the very end of it, you know, I wonder what it was like a decade ago in the heyday of blogging because everybody was touting guest blogs and stuff. I've done two or three on big platforms now and have maybe gained like 20 or 25 followers, new subscribers from those things. And so it, I was thinking, man, it'd be cool to get a couple hundred, but 25 is like, not, not that I shouldn't do it, but whoa. Um, so maybe I didn't do a good job with the call to action. Um, I think one thing I could have done which I didn't do was include sort of a lead magnet in that call to action. Mm -hmm. Hey, mm -hmm. Darren is the founder of Craftsman Creative. He writes a newsletter, blah, blah, blah. Click here to get his free guide on blah, blah, blah. 
right? That would have been probably more um, effective in getting people to click and to come over and visit and get more email subscribers. I agree. But the reality is you won't be able to control how the host engages with the, the things you send them. So what I would try to do more of moving forward, if you're going to continue to guest on things, have a call to action in your back pocket for when it makes sense in the flow of conversation that you can say quickly and, and obtrusively, um, you know, to basically say you have this five day email series uh, to help people go from five figure businesses, to six figure businesses, wherever you can in conversation, I would drop that at least once in the, in the actual conversation with the host and say, I'm so glad you asked. I get this question all the time. I have this five day email course called the blueprint where I help five figure businesses become six figure businesses. Uh, it's at craftsmancreative.co slash blueprint. But the thing I tell people most often, if you can embed those things into conversation, it's way more likely that the listener is going to hear it because by the time they're actually listening to the conversation, they're way more engaged. Yeah. And as a host, I don't mind you doing that if you don't dwell on it and don't like hammer it a, a bunch. If you mention it in conversation, totally fine with it. Um, so I would do that because that gives you a little bit more control over, am I going to be able to get this thing out? Now, you know, the quicker you can say that type of thing, the better. Um, Jordan Harbinger did this in my interview with him, like flawlessly. We're talking about relationships. He's like, well, I actually have like a bunch of resources around this. Uh, there's my most popular email course. It's totally free. It's, it's on relationships. It's at this domain. And what I tell people is, you know, like it's just this quick aside that makes people pause and say, oh, I want that. And it's free. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. go and do that right now. Nice. Um, so I think that's important. Um, and then I think I think it's really good that you just have this this lead magnet and I would just drive everything towards it because one of the questions that I was going to ask you is why would somebody subscribe and this is very clear uh, I think you know like you say a five day email series to help creators build six figure businesses um, that's a that's a big promise right and and yeah. and maybe there maybe there could be some more context as to you know, what, what I'm getting from that, but probably even more importantly, what, what's it called? Is it just called blueprint? So I have two lead magnets right now. One is this, this was from a year or two ago where I started, uh, I coined the phrase master of the creator economy. When creator economy was going bonkers, I was like, I need a domain that has creator economy in it. So I bought that and that was the landing page for the five day email series. Um, now I've just launched a, a free blueprint, which is like a 10 page PDF, which is more of a traditional lead magnet. So I'm going to be experimenting with that as well on the site going forward on the blog where I'm going to go and target some of the high traffic um, pages and as well as new newsletters when they get posted, I'll make sure that there's a little pop up that says, hey, grab the free guide so that when people come and they're not on the email list, they didn't get the newsletter, but they're checking it out as a blog there's still a way to capture that email. So that's brand new. That's something that came from this conversation with Joe. He's like, well, you put a lead magnet on all those pages and even have many lead magnets that are specific to the page. And I'm like, man, this is a lot of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. Uh, but, you know, they're in that tension of this is hard. This is a lot of work. That's the opportunity because most people will stop there. Exactly. So if you say, and, and so I'm going to do it, so I can yeah. <laughs> succeed more than most people, then, then that's, that's the opportunity. So with these lead magnets in 2022, 2023, um, 
most people like understand the game, especially your audience, right? Mm -hmm. Like creators, they are discerning, they understand the game. And so I think we have to go, I'm saying we as in you and I, because we swim in similarly shark infested waters. (laughs) We have to go a little bit further and acknowledge that they understand the game and, and really make it clear that this is something different. Um, And like a guide is cool, but what's really cool are proprietary frameworks that you have that you can basically name and coin and call out and say, here's where you can, where you can get this five day email course. It's going to walk you through my framework to achieving a six figure business from a five figure business. Um, something that people can remember and associate with you and refer other people to on your behalf. So that it's not all on you for discovery. Other people can be evangelists of this. Something that I think about a lot. Wes Cow has this incredible idea called spiky point of view. And I can tell you, she published that article on July 9th, um, I think 2020. I know the day of it because I send people to that article so frequently. I'm constantly pulling it up and right on the top of the article has the date because she articulates so well and so uniquely an idea that I cannot in good conscience call my own idea, but I need people to know about it. So I'm constantly referring to it and giving her the, the benefit of the, the equity of that idea. And that only happens when you have named things that are talking about a concept in a way that hasn't been talked about before. You know, if you took the idea of story brand and you basically had the same concepts and just named it something else, that's kind of weak and kind of shitty. Uh, like you can't just take some concept that's already pretty well understood and accepted behind some other name and say, this is, this is my name for this now, but if you can uniquely turn your ideas and your earned insight into a framework that is so long-term valuable. And that's what you can really build businesses around, especially in competitive arenas like this. Yeah. It makes me think of, uh, Kevin Kelly's thousand true fans that Mm -hmm. literally everyone knows what I'm talking about and they've read it and they've probably told someone else about it. And how many thousands of visitors does he get a month to that um, one blog post because thousands of creators are referencing it and talking about it. So that's a really cool idea. Um, it, it's, it, to me, it initially feels like a long game um, unless you're putting out one of these every couple of months, which it feels like West KO does. Lee Jin does this. She has a couple of big posts that have come out in the last two, three years where it's just like, wow, check out this post. And there's this new concept here, right? Um, So I wonder if it's the strategy of put that out consistently and see if one hits or if it's like do one and own it and and really grab um, hold of like the ownership of that concept or that phrase and go from there. What do you think? I think it's both. I think some of it is prerequisite because... You're, you're in a competitive space and I don't know, honestly, how big this market is that you and I are hanging out in. It's not like a huge, huge market and it's pretty competitive and it will continue to be competitive. You know, something I think about all the time is, okay, take Ali Abdal fairly recently. He came out and he has this creatorpreneur brand. He immediately has more earned insight for, uh, and more credibility for a similar audience and a similar solution to a problem. So, and that could happen constantly. There, there are all kinds of creators who have built businesses as creators that are bigger than you and I. If they decide like, hey, I wanna help people become uh, six-figure creators, 
that makes the marketplace more competitive. I'm not saying you go away. I'm not saying it like destroys your business, but it makes the marketplace more competitive. So I'm thinking more and more about what are these frameworks? What are the methodologies? What is the IP that I can develop that accrues equity over time? And how does my investment of time into this business compound my advantage over time and protect me from new entrants into the market? And I'm, I'm sharing this as context because I don't have this figured out. I'm not going to put you on the spot and say, give me the answers to those questions right now because it's a hard question. But it is something that I would encourage you and people listening to this to, to think about and say, like, what is my unique earned insight and what is my angle that if I am building today and I'm spending eight hours a day building my business today, two years from now, that gives me a two plus year advantage on other people entering the market versus, you know, being still susceptible to, to people with a lot of credibility trying to do the same thing. Um, so yeah. to answer your question more succinctly, I do think there's some prerequisite nature to saying, I'm going to take some, I'm going to build some framework here. Like if you're saying I can help people go from five to six figures, you must have some set of questions or some process for helping people get there. And it's probably baked into this lead magnet you've already built. So what I'm saying is, find a way to turn that into something that is a little bit more tangible, a little bit more shareable, memorable, referenceable, and can build long-term value over time. And you can certainly test new concepts and new terminology over time as well. Um, you know, Joe talked about it in this most recent episode with content marketing. He basically coined that phrase and people in good conscience, they couldn't say, well, I invented content marketing because there's there's places online where Joe was talking about that earlier. And that is so, so, so valuable. Even, even the term creator economy. I don't, I don't know if that's, I think it might be credited to Lee pretty, pretty widely, but like there's, there's advantage to that, but there's also, there is some diminishing returns and some risk. I talked about this with Seth Godin in episode one of my podcast, creative elements, because he does a really good job of this. And I asked him, Hey, you are so good at coming up with new terminology but like when is too much too much you know like he has the pur purple cow and things mm -hmm. and he said he's like there was a book i wrote where i i went way too crazy and i invented way too many terms there's so much value and people already grok understand a mm -hmm. concept from language that pre-exists so it's, it's really when you're talking about something but there's just not language for it if you can be the person to say, this is what we're going to call it. Now you've created shorthand for your customers, your audience to communicate without having to talk around this concept. There's just vocabulary for it. Uh, so vocabulary frameworks, anything you can do to accrue value is going to help this discoverability of your platform and not put it all on you all the time to be creating new assets, new things. Nice. So one thing that's that's reinforcing something that I was trying to do strategically was build my business in a way to where when traffic went up, when audience grows, so does the revenue, right? That, mm -hmm. And some there's been times where I've thought of it as like a shortcoming or a weakness of mine, because as a, the creator side of my brain um, is very good at creating products. And I think a lot of creators that are listening to this go, yeah, I can create courses, I can write books, I can do new products, I can create an album, but selling it is something completely different, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, anyone looking at my business is probably going, why did you create so many things? And you're only making like 500, 700 bucks a month. 
And so now I'm trying to shift into this. Okay, I've done the building. I've done enough building. I, I don't need to create more products. I need to get them to where they're selling like one a day would be mm-hmm. amazing. I actually did the math on this like a month ago and wrote it in a newsletter. Like if I sold one a day of every product, I would be making like 25 or 27 grand a month. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting on that much potential and I just don't have the audience. So the hope now, what I'm, what I'm gleaning from you is finding ways to bring more awareness and more audience to my properties, to Crafts and Creative, get them on my email list and let the business that I've, like the system that I've built do the work. It's just, it's such a slow trickle right now two yeah. to five new subscribers a day to where it doesn't generate a sale a day. It generates two or three a month. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. The more you can think of your business as a machine, the better you'll get at this. And that's, that's part of the, why I love these questions. Like how do customers happen? Because that's an input into the machine. Mm-hmm. And if you think about your business as a machine, you have discovery, then you have likability, which creates trust and trust when paired with positioning the right product in front of that person at the right time, that's a purchase. So the more products you have inherently, the more difficult and complex it becomes to make all of those inputs play nicely because it's the positioning at the end that really, really matters. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know which product to put in front of which person at any given time, it's, it's difficult to see a hands-off purchase decision because like it has to be so, obvious that the next step for me is to purchase this thing from Darren. And it's, it's so, it's such an irresistible opportunity and like clear choice. Um, so also something I've been thinking about recently, I would simplify the product stack and think of it as a linear progression where you Mm -hmm. say the, the core person who typically subscribes to me at the point they subscribe, the first thing they need is this. And it's something that is at an accessible price point and should be really aligned with that lead magnet, that capture of them. After I get the free thing from you, I should be like, damn, that was awesome. This guy's awesome. And you should introduce them to the obvious next step, which is a pretty accessible product they can purchase that helps them further on the journey that you got them to from that lead magnet. And then at the end of that product, there might be another product. It might be the 200, 300, $400 course, mm-hmm. or maybe the, the, the community to say, okay, you got this. Hopefully that also gave you a great outcome. Now go here. And really like two products max is what you need at this stage to really see meaningful revenue from that machine working. Because if you see, yeah, on average, like one out of 10 people buys this first product. Awesome. Machine is working. Now you can say, okay, well, how much is that product worth? Because if that's a $40 transaction, Okay, one out of 10. That means I can spend $39 to acquire 10 new subscribers. You know, that's uh, $3.90 per subscriber because I know that this converts one out of 10. Like you can just think about this in math terms and know at worst case, one out of 10 happens. If I can spend that amount of money to get 10 subscribers, they go into the front of the machine, they come out the back of the machine. (laughs) Um, it's, it's It's pretty... data oriented you can get with this um and the more the more products you have that are more specialized and for one particular segment of your audience at this stage it's really challenging because you'd have to really intelligently segment your audience right off the bat yeah 
So do you consider like your free stuff, your podcast, your newsletter, those types of things, do you consider them products? Like, are you promoting those when, with new people come into your world or um, are you just talking about things that cost dollars? Um, I'm talking about things that cost dollars. Okay. My, my free content I think of as audience capture. Okay. I actually don't do a great job of lead magnets. Um, I do a pretty good job of content. And to me, that is the audience capture. Um, not to say that I'm not trying to improve the lead magnet side of things actively right now, but free stuff is how you get people into the ecosystem. It's how you build trust. And then, you know, the next step is, okay, now that you trust me, now that I know what you need, here's a product. And of course it's not going to serve every customer. You know, let's say I put a product out. One need I see in my audience is how do I publish consistently? That's a truism across no matter what platform they are on. If I yeah. created some accessible product that gave people more consistency in publishing, it would do really well for the average uh, subscriber. So I could put that in front of everyone. And then on the back end of that, you know, maybe I say, and hey, now that you're publishing consistently, if you're taking this seriously, if you want to be a professional creator, join the lab, join my membership. And not everyone's going to do that, mm -hmm. but some people will. And that's the machine right there. That could be as simple as it is. But it's hard to go from like no money transactions to the $1,500 transaction oh, of joining yeah. the lab. Like you got to have stuff in between. <laughs> um, but you also don't need like, you know, think about it as rungs. If you have a bunch of courses at $150, you don't need a bunch of those. Like you can build a pretty sizable business on one of those and then say there's a next rung up, even if it is like one-on-one -on -one consulting for an hour that I'm charging a thousand dollars for like Justin Moore, our friend, um, that could be the pipeline, yeah. cheap, cheap course, one-on-one -on -one consulting community. If you want it, uh, simplify. Cool. I've been taking notes. So if anyone's watching this and see my <laughs> fingers going like this, I've been taking notes because I know that you've got tons of wisdom here. I appreciate your time. Um, so can I, can I share one more thing yeah, that I didn't, that I didn't touch on that I think is important. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You mentioned that you're, you're focusing on Twitter as your discovery platform. Mm -hmm. And I just want to affirm, I think that's a really good choice. Um, I've seen as much, I've seen as many sales of my courses and my membership community on Twitter this year as I have through email and I have a pretty good email list as it is. Mm -hmm. So double click on Twitter because if you're able to create momentum on Twitter, it's public. You know, when somebody purchases something from you via email, nobody sees that. But if you have uh, a conversation going on Twitter and you're like, by the way, I have a product for this. And someone comments and says, I just bought it. Now it's exciting. Now it's a party. Now people are joining in. There's some momentum there publicly that you can get people to move. A lot of the cohort based courses that you've seen over the last couple of years, especially pre-Maven, um, it was like all public excitement on Twitter that got people to sign up, yeah. you know, and uh, there, there's still something true to that. And something I tell people all the time, if your goal is to grow your email list, the way to do that is not writing great emails. Like it certainly helps. It's necessary, but it's not sufficient. The people who are growing huge email lists are building audiences on a discoverability platform and then bringing them over to email. So you need to put almost disproportionate effort on the discovery platform and then have a great experience awaiting them when they join email. But um, people mix up the priority. Yeah. 
Well, I thank you for validating that because, you know, sometimes it gets discouraging. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> when you're tweeting into the void or you're trying things and you think they worked, but they actually didn't work. And you're just like, what is this? But man, there's so many examples over the last few years of people who have just come out of the woodwork from, you know, a few thousand or a few hundred to now 100,000, 200,000, 500,000 followers. And now they've got 1,500,000 people on their email list. And I mean, I'm looking at some, they have international book deals. Some are doing $100,000 course launches. Like that's the dream, right? I don't know that I want to have 100,000 people in my audience to like, there's probably a mindset thing I got to fix there of like, oh, I, I want 10,000, but I don't know about 100,000. That feels like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, like the currency is trust. And trust takes time, no matter what platform you're on. Yeah. And I do think that we'll see a lot of a lot of social media creators who blew up and were able to create some other audience on another platform. That doesn't mean that it's going to be sticky. You know, if you if you think about your own career, this is why I tell people who are stuck in comparison traps, aka also myself. If you look at your career on an XY axis, you're trying to get all the way to the far right of the access and be like really high up as a data point, right? If we're just thinking about like a, a growth curve, a lot of people see they're, they're plotting two data points on their metaphorical growth graph in their mind. They have their data point of where their audience is right now or where their sales are right now. And then whoever they're currently comparing themselves to. And they often look at that and say, this person is beating me, but that's just part way through the graph. You don't know what the next story is of, where their data points continue, where your data point continues. If you surpass that same person that you're comparing yourself to and being yourself up about in two years, doing the same strategy that both of you are doing right now, will it matter that they're ahead of you right now, two years from now? It wouldn't. So, you know, just think that pacing matters. Like some people run races at different paces. They, they choose to run the third lap of the 1600 meter race as their fastest lap. And so in the first two laps of the track, they're way behind the first couple of people. doesn't matter as long as they finish first. Uh, you don't need to compare yourself to anybody. I mean, I'd say that that's the, that's the best response. But if you are, if you are fueled by that, expand the timeline of, of the race where the finish line is and give yourself some grace to say, my strategy is smart. I will get there uh, just on a different time frame. Yeah. I love that. And uh, if you want to take it <clears throat> even per more personally, I'm just collaborating with all of them instead of competing with them. I'm saying, well, yeah, Craftsman Creative and The Tilt serve kind of a similar audience now that they've shifted and, and focused their niche even more. Well, why not collaborate? Because I'll benefit probably more than they will, but they'll also get free content and free promotion and all this stuff. And it's going to help a ton, right? The same I see uh, you and your business the same way, Justin Moore. There's all these guys that we know and these gals that we know on Twitter that I'm just like, for the first six months or so, I was like, man, how am I going to compete with these people? And then it was right around CEX where we met in person for the first time and where I met a lot of other creators. And I went, I think the answer is collaboration, not competitiveness. So hopefully that helps people too. And I've got a lot of homework from this. Um, if there's one thing that you think I should focus on right now, what would it be? I would probably introduce a higher priced product or change the price of your current products. Because if, if the goal is 10K more quickly, 
like you already have people purchasing products, you're going to get there faster at a higher priced product, whether it's something completely new or just changing the positioning of your products to make the value, the, the per- perceived value higher. Um, because otherwise, like you've got to, you've got to push the big lever of audience growth, which you can do. Mm-hmm. But also if you change prices first and then push that lever, you're going to benefit all the way up, you know? Very true. Um, so that's where I'd start. That is amazing. Jay, thank you so much for your time. Why don't we have you tell everybody um, where can they learn more about you? What's the thing that you're kind of pushing right now and trying to get in the hands of people? Um, where can they find you online, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I'm easy to find online if you search my name. Um, if you are a, a podcast listener, as obviously you are, check out my podcast, Creative Elements. I talk to today's top creators about how they're building their businesses. I'm learning a ton from it. You will learn a ton from it. And if you want to get on my newsletter, it is at creatorscience.com. Nice. So what's your, I'm going to push back on you right here. What's your sales pitch for the newsletter? Why should they put in their email address? I think that today's top creators are not just artists. They are scientists. They're heavily data, data driven and research backed. And that's the type of thing that I'm rigorously studying personally. And I'm sharing that in the newsletter. So, so cool. Jay, thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Next episode, we'll have another guest expert. You're going to have to tune in to see who it is. And Jay, I just can't thank you enough. This was amazing. I got a lot of homework to do and a lot of notes to to parse so that I can figure out what step to take in my business. Hopefully, this has been helpful for those listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, man. I'm in your corner. I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Hey, creators, that's it for today's episode. And another special thanks to our sponsors, Lulu, ConvertKit, and StreamYard for making this season of the 10K Creator possible. Now you can find links and show notes at 10kcreatorshow.com. And every week we'll have different giveaways for people who share the show with their friends and audiences. So head over to 10kcreatorshow.com to learn more. If you're listening for the first time, be sure to subscribe to the Content Inc. podcast as this show will be on the Content Inc. feed each week. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you in the next episode.